This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This is the last chance for the supporters to say goodbye to Gabby, who's been a great servant of the club, so... Gabs... Just want to say thank you to all the support and keep supporting the team well like we've been doing all season and I think we've got a great bunch of lads here and hopefully they can achieve their goal. Thank you. Usually every time he finished a song he'd get on a payphone wherever he was in the country and call me and wake me up. And so, like, he'd lay the phone down and start playing his guitar, you know? And that's how I heard this song the first time. I always thought this was a real pretty one. It's called uh, My Old Man. Hudson's throw. Maybe caught Middlesbrough otherwise for a second there. Domer again, chip ball to the back post, and it's nodded home. A late blow for Middlesbrough, and it's inflicted by Robert Snodgrass. Butterfan TV outside the Riverside. We've just been beaten 1 0 by Aston Villa. I have Mark with me, a Villa fan, a happy Villa fan. Mark, being a Villa fan, have we got a good one in Pulis? Mate, <laughs> don't make me laugh. If, if you're after boring football, you've got the right man. Welcome to the My Old Men Said podcast. I'm David Michael, the editor of My Old Men Said, and we're back on the, the eve of the playoffs. And joining me for this episode is the man who uh, we've just found out earlier on today that he has got the contract to design the Villa kit. Not not next season, but the season after. Dan Rogers of the Villa Underground. Welcome and congratulations. Thank you very much. Um, obviously a larger brand than Luke, so we are delighted to be unveiling a range of children's bibs, ladies' lingerie, and uh, the fully emblazoned Samba Mamba. Well, they're, they're just giving the contract to anybody nowadays, but uh, I think the main thing is... We're a fin- local producer of Mambas. <laughs> I think fanatics have the license that they can basically try to license off anything to get mm. sponsorship and uh, so there'll be sponsors on the ass sponsors on the socks sponsors on the lapel we'll see what happens 
before the credits played there, we had... Mm. Uh, now, some people see him as a legend of the Aston Villa, Gabia Bonglahor. Mm. Uh, even though, I mean, somebody says, oh, just because he's not done anything in the last couple of seasons... Uh, there's no need to bag him out. They said that to me on social media, and I said, uh, "Excuse me, two seasons, uh, the last eight seasons." But anyway, uh, regardless of what he has done and what he hasn't done, but he's, he's been here a very long time, and uh, so he gets his chance to say. John Terry gives him the mic to say a goodbye and maybe tell us a few anecdotes about his time at Villa and what it was like, you know, joining as a 14-year-old and uh, the great days he's had and his highlights and uh, meant nothing to him, did it? It wasn't exactly a uh, like a no Nobel Prize winning collection speech, was it? <laughs> he could have at least thanked us for the money or something. I mean, come on! He said thank you. Yeah, at least say thank you. <laughs> That's two two syllables, so maybe stretching it. Uh, before we get in the show, let's let's have another speech. Uh, this time by our esteemed captain uh, John Terry. Amazing. John Terry, what do you want to say to the fans after the season? Well, I just want to say on behalf of all the players, the, the support's been superb. I think as the season's gone on, the crowds have increased, the supporters have got behind the lads, and we are where we are today. So, we have a few games left in the playoffs, and we need everyone behind us because the lads have been superb as well. But thank you from all the players for, for everything. Amazing, amazing. Yeah, so amazing. Next week. And then players, got to do it, yeah. <laughs> club and deserves to be in the Premier League there's no doubt about that that was the ambition at the start of the season to be in the Premier League and that's not changed since we started so you know with the quality we have a little bit of luck let's hope so and a great bunch of lads as well you can really see oh, a great bunch oh, of lads God, <laughs> David O'Leary to, to our success this season unfortunately we've not gone up automatically which was the target but oh he's let the cat out of the bag oh, well unfortunately John, uh, that's the championship so uh, where, uh, who is that plonker with the mic that says everything's amazing? Amazing. Amazing. John, you're amazing. I haven't said anything. Amazing. We finished fourth. Amazing. Wasn't the plan, though, apparently. No, uh, I think he let the cat slip out the bag there where he said the, uh, the target was automatic. Well, I think it was everybody's target, uh, <laughs> apart from those who want to stay in the championship forever. And as mm. the playoffs get closer, uh, they, their number seems to be growing. I think it's called uh, yellow belly time. Uh, <laughs> bosses. But David, what's coming up in the show? Right, coming up in the show, a ranging playoff semi for Villa Borough. Gary Monk yeah. Spunk saves the blues. Is Villa's kit a load of shit? Question mark. Wenger, bye-bye baggies, and a lot more. But first of all, Oh, just a quick tip before we carry on in the show. If you update WhatsApp, instead of taking a week to reply to me, it'll only take like 24 hours now. <laughs> There's a new update. It's like a week what? quicker. <laughs> I, I didn't get that when I was away. <laughs> I think I was somewhere in the middle of a golf course in Berlin when I got that, and I was like, nah, it costs data. <laughs> but data's free now, I think. Uh, I don't take is- the risk in the middle of nowhere, David. Especially post-Brexit. Juncker, Juncker will charge me one way or another. Anyway, now, now you're on domestic soil. Uh, look, at, look at Play Store or, or iPhone or whatever you are. And, uh, yeah, once a week. Just, just update that uh, app. <laughs> just to speed up the process of this podcast. Because I get all these people saying, uh, hey, what's, what's happening? Why isn't there a show? Well, I'm just sitting here t- 
playing with myself, just waiting for <laughs> uh, waiting for a WhatsApp reply. <laughs> it's that it's that raging semi that you've got for the playoffs. Sorry, it's the playoff it is, semi. Uh, it's I a get playoff confused. semi. confused. You have yes, to be careful yes, how yes. you Google it. Right, three points to start off the show. Wenger yes. calls it quits. Finally, mm. Mm. Uh, I think he was kind of pushed out the door there. Really, uh, not I mean, dissimilar to what happened to Robert Perez. Really. Not not too dissimilar to uh, Alex McLeish. Uh, I mean, come on, he, he got. I think if he if he got to the Europa, Europa League and he won, hmm. I think. That, I mean, that would have been the perfect send off. But it would also have been a good two fingers, I think, or giving the, those fans the finger that uh, were trying to. I mean, they obviously changed their tune on the last day when everybody was cheering his name. Oh, Actually, it was, man, that, do you f- think I found that a bit cringe because they've been hounding the man. For- yeah. Seasons now. Also, the first time the Emirates has ever had any uh, volume. <laughs> Incredible. It's true. I wonder if they'll learn from that and uh, try to replicate that next season. Well, they're saying that. I mean, their home form has been, I think it's the second best, isn't it, this season in the Premier League? Apart from Man City, I think. And their away form's been absolutely shocking. That's what's cost them. So at least the season ticket holders should be happy and they, they shouldn't be moaning about him and uh, trying to harass him out. Do you think it's going to uh, bite them in the arse, this? Uh, because it's going to be tough getting somebody who can, A, better him, and B, uh, I mean, there's a reason why, uh, I mean, well, you look at what he's won recently even. I mean, Arsenal fans are saying, oh, the last few years have tarnished his legacy. Well, in the past four years, he's won three FA Cups, three charity shields, and uh, obviously was in the semi-final of European Trophy uh, this season. So they seem to forget that Manchester City, Manchester United, Chelsea are throwing a ton of cash at this. Mm-hmm. Liverpool as well. And uh, there's no divine right you know, in the top six. You're going to be if you're winning trophies, that should be a plus point in that kind of company. And and he's kind of still maintained that even if his uh, if they've slipped a little in the league. Wenger's background speaks for itself. I think that you wonder whether he did he peak too soon with that invincible squad, and you know, and then he finds himself against a backdrop of you know not only not only Man City, but before it would have been Chelsea, wouldn't it? Who who went? Yeah, you know, spent spent millions and millions. But I mean, going back to that uh, the European Cup final against Barcelona. I mean, Le- mm. Jens Lehmann got sent. I remember watching that in uh, Cannes. Mm. France with a load of Arsenal fans and Lehman getting sent off unfairly mm. I thought they had a team at that point which was fantastic I mean they they wiped the floor with Mitley teams like Juventus they in their own backyard yeah. they'd, they'd yeah. play them off the park and against Barcelona I mean this wasn't the Barcelona really of Messi it was uh, the Barcelona of like Samuel Eto'o who was on his kind of uh, final years his OAP then I think you know even even when Len- Jens went off Jens Lehmann went off uh, they still went 1-0 up with 10 men but obviously 10 men against any team that you're going to play in a European Cup final uh, mm. isn't going to last mm. that long and uh, obviously they got caught out in the end but if that one bad referee decision, and uh, if he'd won that European Cup, then... Uh, a refereeing have... decision in Barcelona's favour. Yeah, I know. Goodness. In terms of foreign managers in the English mm. game, he did he did a little bit better than uh, Joseph Fengloss. We'll, we'll give him that. Marginally, yeah. Just, just marginally. On the subject of modern-day managerial legends, uh, it's good to hear that Sir Alex Ferguson is on the mend now after... It was a brain hemorrhage, wasn't it? Mm, mm which didn't sound too promising on the after the initial uh, news reports, but uh, it's good that he's kind of on the mend. I mean, he was a massive nemesis uh, for Villa, mm. Mm. but, I mean, he's one of those that you respect. 
because... would generally speak quite positively of Villa, and I mean, not in and around the game, yeah. but he would often be quite... He would recognise, I think, the, the stature of the two clubs coming together generally, Ferguson. Yeah, he did actually have respect. Uh, mm. Even though he beat us every time, and, and he would beat us in the final minutes uh, in, in many games, in injury time, he, the, he did have a respect. And I always remember... The Gerard Hulia game where he said at half time Villa should have been like five or six nil up. Mm. It's not as if he's kind of belittling the opposition. He he always he always spoke well of us. So all our best wishes go to him and hopefully he can uh, complete getting on the mend and I mean, be he a needs, needs to take up the needs to take up the vacant Arsenal post, so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> well, he, he got to say goodbye to Wenger, didn't he, at uh, Old Trafford uh, when they were there? It was it was last week, so uh, it wasn't that long ago. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. Right, moving on. Uh, staying with the Premier League, I think this this season, I mean, I can't remember the league tables from the last few seasons, but this season it's really rubber-stamped as a league that is officially about the top six clubs. It's not as bad as France, uh, where Paris Saint-Germain did the uh, quadruple this season because uh, for lack of competition. But outside the top six clubs in the Premier League, every other club, the remaining 14 clubs, had a negative goal difference. And only the top seven teams won more games than they lost. And there's no, you know, the equation is quite simple. Uh, if you won more games than you lost, then uh, you got into Europe. And congratulations, Burnley and Mr. Deitch for uh, replacing us as the claret and blue team that goes to Europe. Oh, that's embarrassing. Burnley in Europe. We're, we're, I mean, everybody's saying, oh, yeah, you know... Uh, Oh, the championship's better. It's kind of is in an old school way, but football's changing, and we're going to be, we are going to be Sheffield Wednesday, Forest Leeds if we do not sort it out. Because these other teams, I mean, Burnley can get in, can walk into Europe. That's, I mean, they've they've done it relatively comfortably. Haven't yeah, they? no, the... exactly. Well, all, all the other teams are just the only thing they're playing for is survival, and uh, you know, like Newcastle. Uh, I think we mentioned it on the last show when they won, yeah. and they were in tenth place, and the headline is. Geordie's uh, secure Premier League mm. status, and it's like, mm. oh, Jesus Christ. I mean, That's the 10th, it. it should be a given. Mark. Huddersfield players going crazy after getting that point against Chelsea. And you think, is it because they want to play in the Ch- Premier League, or is it because they're celebrating because oh, we don't have to go back to the Championship? <laughs> oh, no more Villa Park <laughs> on a Tuesday night. That will become the new saying. It'll be, yeah, yeah, Messi's good, but is he any good on a wet? wet and windy Wednesday night at Villa Park. <laughs> anyway, moving down to the championship, as uh, the the baggies have done, <laughs> a nice segue there. Oh, well, looks like a championship for us. Just want to say all I've ever known is baggies in the Prem. Um, it's really, really upset me. You know, unbelievable. Um, I think, personally, Big Dave was in charge for longer than he actually was. We would have escaped it and um, wouldn't be in the mess we're in now. But you know what? Baggies did our fucking die, mate. Love you. Uh, Darren Moore wins manager of the month but can't stop the rot. I mean, he got some great results, actually. Yeah, Beating Manchester United, drawing against Liverpool. Do you think they'll keep him? They probably won't because he's black. (laughs) 
and, and actually good at his job, which seems to be a, yeah. a reason for getting rid of Albion managers these days. Because sometimes, like assistants, they, they they step in and you look at them and you go, that he's just an assistant, and uh, you know he's he's never going to make it. Like, yeah, Eric Blacks, for example. Mm. But Darren, I think he, he's got more more scope for him, especially in a championship like Chris mm. Hewton mm. did. He he built his reputation and then got taken seriously. And hopefully he'll get a chance to uh, do the same next season. Hopefully we won't be playing them because we'll be uh, in the Premier League trying to win more than we lose. I mean, just just quickly on the Albion, because we don't need to dwell. I think that one thing that jumped out at me is it shows what a chronically bad decision appointing Pardew was. And it's like, who who thought that was a good idea? But secondly as well, it does show you that we had this conversation when the Villa went down. In amongst a squad, they were clearly good enough to survive in my view, but they just... Did those players just think, oh, screw it, we can't be bothered with, with these clans that we've got in? What's that change in mentality? It always intrigues me, that does, that teams suddenly find a resurgence when it's too late. Yeah, and Swansea, I thought, I mean, when Clement came in, I thought that would be them yeah. kind of safe. But he failed to get the party started. But then when Cavalier came in, which you thought, that was kind of an odd appointment because he's, yeah. he just got fired from a championship team. But he... Uh, he got them rocking and rolling when he first came in, but the problem is Swansea yeah, they've bounced, lost, didn't they? Yeah, but Swansea have completely lost their uh, identity of what we used to celebrate. I agree. Swansea for, and their their fans are kind of complaining about this now, on and off the field. They've become a shambles ever since that the American deal. I think they they they're the only team that have got supporters a supporters trust owning is it twenty twenty one twenty two percent of the club right. and they they weren't even consulted when the the American buyout came in and that kind of left a load of bad blood. So off the field, it's become a bit of a shambles, and they're not on the pitch. They're just not playing uh, in the way they used to, and it's actually it's over. Bonkers one, isn't it? Because I mean, the Albion were, were well well run up until about a year ago. Had what forty million in the bank that's just evaporated. Yeah, watch that space. Swansea the same went from being quite an attractive footballing team who caught a lot of people off guard and now they're an absolute shambles because you know they were an example of what we would hope villa would aspire yeah, yeah, aspire yeah, yeah, yeah. to in the in the way we conducted ourselves and had an identity and yeah in the way that um the swansea the, engine yeah the man <laughs> the manager would not be the be all and end all yes. it would, it, you know the team would be there the players would be bought for that team and yeah. that system and the manager would basically uh just take head over coach, wasn't it, yeah really? head coach yeah. kind of role mm. meanwhile in the championship Gary Monk Spunk mm. has managed to. I spoke to uh, Chris Budd about this. How uh, Fulham mm. they they had a. I mean, it was always going to be difficult to go to St. And a packed St. Andrews and get something from the Blues. I mean, they're going to kick themselves uh, that Cardiff obviously didn't win in the end at home. And yeah. if if they'd beaten the Blues, they'd have gone up. They'd have gone up. Yeah. I wouldn't have to mess around with the likes of I us. Bet they but Blues Full House, it only happens once in a blue moon, or twice uh, in a blue moon, <laughs> if they turn up uh, to see the villa as well. But uh, I don't know, Gary Gary Monk might get them uh, going next season when he starts to uh, put his identity on the team a bit more, because obviously he's just did a patch-up job uh, in the time he's been there so far. Sunderland, the main thing about Sunderland's relegation to me, it's back-to-back relegation, is it's mm. it, be- it becomes this excuse for Villa's failure where if we don't get promoted this season, people will just say, well, you know, Bruce has done a good job because at least we haven't done what Sunderland have done. It could have happened to us. No, uh, I mean, t- dropping to the third tier is... Uh, I mean, it's not unheard of. It has happened before, but I mean, yeah. it to Man City, didn't it? As, as well yeah. as, uh, Leeds, Forest. Leeds and, and Sheffield Wednesday and United. 
But I think it's the manner in which Sunderland have crashed out of the division that they've they've never looked like staying up really, have they? Even with you know, I mean, they had Graben in the team scoring goals. It was just they're shipping so many, and they just don't look like a team at all. Yeah, because once you make that double drop uh, mm. of the twenty-two teams that have dropped from the Premier League down to uh, the third tier, only six have ever made it back, uh, including Wolves. Uh, now this season, well, they're saying that uh, two of them have gone on to win the Premier League, uh, Leicester and Manchester City. So there's hope for uh, Sunderland. <laughs> maybe, mm. maybe we need to get down there. We we need to drop another league just to get that kind of. It's like when you pull back a spring. <laughs> so maybe Di Matteo was onto something then. Yeah, is what maybe, you're saying. Yeah. Hmm. Shit, I think we fired Di Matteo too soon. And we were weren't we bottom at one point this season? This yeah, season? we were. We were. I think we were game. bottom for one game. Yeah. So yeah, because you, know, you pull that spring back. It- Increases that tension and then you fly up uh, straight to the top of the Premier League and win the title. Shit, we missed out a trick. Now it's time for Twitter with Tony. Tweets of the season special. 3rd of September. Watch Dunkirk. Heard news of North Korea nuclear test. Really need a peaceful world. Fighting on football pitches is enough. November 20th. Live fishes will be upstream. Only dead fishes go with floor. Let's stay stronger, stand together and go up, up, up. November 22nd. Some villa haters went extremely ugly by spreading rumours and then saying I was caught in trouble and escaped away. Made the public listed company's minor shareholders panic to drop stocks. It's really ugly for those deliberately trying to destroy others. Hashtag only be stronger. November 22nd. Very brilliant to talk to Prince and Princess. A great couple. A true Villa fan with even more knowledge about our club than me. December 27th. A hectic work and business travel schedule month. Just recovering from one week's serious flu. No enough free time and most time inaccessible to Twitter. Hopefully it will also end the disaster month with a win. Time to recover, eh? January 11th. I'm confident we have turned around the club from a very serious crisis and improved a lot though. It's still far away from our long-term target. We'll get there sooner or later. Being negative all the time doesn't help anything. Stand together to a unifying culture. April 15th. For me, the main reason to love football is I've always been hoping this is the piece of world we can experience the love and warmth. We can escape from the ugliness of politics or forget the cruelty of bloody commercial field. Hashtag something hope Villa does. April 29th. All the time, I wish I'm not the owner, but just a fan like all you. Honest words. Hashtag UTV. Hashtag all lads.
Before we get on to the playoff talk, uh, let's just go through the bits of news that have been happening, or, well, news events. This new kit deal, they were meant to have mm. a uh, consultation where they would explain it to, you know, a bit like the fan consultation groups where you'd be invited. So uh, instead of, you know, I was going to write about my impressions about this, but I said, you know, let's do what good journalists do and hold on, and then we can ask the questions for the grey areas that are in my mind. But this... <laughs> But this, uh, hopefully the uh, away kit's not going to be grey. I think it's actually going to be white. But now now this uh, consultation's not going to take place until, uh, well, right before the playoff final if we get there. But you get the press release, it's saying how fans are, it's so great for the fans, it puts them like right at the forefront of the design and everything. Well, no fans are being consulted for the design. And I think the only fan that it's a good deal for is obviously, uh, you know, Luke... Luke, Luke. Mr. Luke, 77, because obviously he gets the chance as a Villa fan to uh, design the kit. That's pretty cool. Which That's is cool, cool for him. As a fan. Yeah. I noticed that they, they, they'd whitewashed uh, the fact that he was born in Warsaw. <laughs> he's, you know, he's designed uh, Warsaw's Wembley suits and all that kind of stuff. And uh, completely, uh, oh, uh, born and bred in Birmingham. It's a bit like uh, what Australians do to famous New Zealanders, like I don't know Russell Crowe, where they suddenly claim them as their own <laughs> if they, if they become successful. They claim them as a colony, like we used to. Exactly. So all the previous coverage of uh, Luke's escapades and the growth of you know Luke seventy seven has uh, been Warsaw born, Warsaw born and bred. Now he's Birmingham born and bred. But anyway, we're not getting at him. He's got a he's got a great gig. The thing is, uh, with kits, what do fans need to know? Normally, it's you get the headline and it's mm. X amount of years, X amount of money, and then uh, you know whoever it is. No mention of money is so deeply buried here. And you're thinking... Maybe there isn't any. Oh. I mean, Luke would have paid X amount, but not a lot. I mean, because mm. he's, he's not up there with your Nikes and your Adidas, uh, even un- Under Armour. So Fanatics would have paid, I think, maybe you've paid to get the license so they can then license out, sell that license of parts of the kit. Or, like, for example, get a sponsor for the training wear. Maybe would they get the money for that? Well, isn't that how these companies work? I mean, Fanatics, it's sort of been... I don't know. It's like a warehouse. Overemphasized as being some sort of quite revolutionary deal. And it is in terms of the Luke element, I think. But the Fanatics thing, they generally produce, and then there's a couple of other large manufacturers who essentially badge up stuff like Nike and Adidas, etc. in the UK. And Fanatics are part of that supply chain. The only difference is, as far as I can see it, is that they're, they're the named supplier rather than not being so transparently named as they would be for other, other clubs. They bought Kitbag, which is obviously uh, one of the big e-commerce uh, mm-hmm. retailers. So that's yeah. their... And if you look at Kitbag and you look at the Aston Villa website, it's you know exactly the same pricing and the layouts mm-hmm. and everything. And this is part of... It's really an extension of Villa's outsourcing, which they did with the, the Villa shop and mm. various... You know, the catering and various other aspects. That was one of the, the big things that Winus kind of brought in is this culture of outsourcing. So it's part of that. So how much fanatics have put in the part how much Luke have put in the part is up to debate because you've also you're doing it at a time before our destiny in in terms of what league we're going to be in is known because if you're in the Premier League they've you know they've hardly hatched a deal where Luke let's say is paying half a million now and if we get into the Premier League he's going to suddenly slap down five million because I don't think you know the the money's there I don't know I mean it must I think the money we don't know know. will save Per shirt because you're cutting out yeah. the middleman. 
Yeah. And so I think this back end benefits there. So I don't know if what's in terms of the lump sum up front, uh, how that kind of breaks down. You, you might, I mean, we can make a broad assumption. Perhaps we're no worse off than we were with whatever cut under armour we're taking. And you'd have to assume that's the case because the fact that we've broken the, the year's deals with, with under armour. Uh, I mean, pu- purely. Yeah, under armour, they, I mean, their share price has dropped and they've, they've kind of been mm. pulling back uh, in terms of what they've been doing in, in Europe. I mean, I, I don't know the full details there. But I don't know if it's a part of a cost-cutting exercise on their part maybe the fact that Villa were looking a bit flaky for promotion uh, next season where if we'd gone up the first season like they'd probably you'd hope for because I mean all they've got now is Southampton would have been their poster boy you know mm. Premier League team I think they was it last year they no, they were in talks with Real Madrid for mm. doing a real serious statement of intent shirt deal but that kind of fell apart no I, I mean the thing is with Under Armour is that if, if there are a couple of positives that come out the back of tying up with someone like Luke is that genuinely local you know I mean drawing drawing the border a bit wider than Birmingham I know but but more local than a big corporate like uh, yeah but what does that mean because we've 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 criticized Villa for being parochial in the past in in terms of their outlook well I mean that's the weird thing isn't it I suppose that that this is classic Villa being perhaps behind the curve a lot of the time that when the globalization element that we're always late late to the table but when actually you know it's all about eat local buy local now you know, a lot of I'll give you a for instance, Villa Villa push their ties to the local authority quite a lot at the moment, and as part of making sure that you can do business with the local authority, I mean, there's talk on land development of the North Stand, etc. You have yeah. to show that you're working with local companies. Yeah. So that's a good example, quite a very prominent thing. Presumably, there's a connection to local local manufacturing and jobs. Well, that's I mean, that's part of the makeup of the Villa Foundation is obviously mm-hmm. to get that across as well. And so, and the only other thing that I can think of, you know, in in a purely Hmm, slightly interesting term is that I am intrigued to see what the kit will look like that this guy's got an opportunity as a Villa fan and as a relatively prominent designer to do something different unique probably as a one-off I would have thought at the end of the day the the actual design part is always very subjective uh, as is Mm. as is all design Uh, yeah for sure a good designer is a good design and you'll always get somebody uh, who's got an issue with it uh, but then you've also got that People, uh, because there's been millions and millions and millions of pounds of marketing to make Nike the name it is, to make Adidas the name it is. And Luke, it's kind of street image is, I mean, it's a bit chavvy, if you know what I mean. (laughs) Sorry, Luke. (laughs) I mean, say what you mean, David. I mean, that's... uh... That's no, I know, uh, I know where you're coming from, and it's not refined, is it? I suppose is what you say. Well, no, I mean it, it's 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 people's perceptions. I mean, uh, yeah. you see it in TK Maxx, and you see a lot of things, but it's not something you 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 say. All oh, right, I'll get it on the cheap here. We want Hummel back. Oh, Audrey, I'd love Hummel back. <laughs> Negatron alert! My old man said podcast arrested for defamation of Luke 1977. Please pay bail. Please pay bail. I mean, at the end of the day, it's a good design, it's a good design, but there is that, it doesn't have, you do miss something. It's not a deal breaker for me if it's not Nike, Adidas, you know, I don't don't give a shit. Absolutely not, no. I'm more excited to see what league table we are actually appearing in next season uh, than the kit, because the home kit's always claret and blue, and it'll be a bit of a darker claret this time, we've been assured, so, you know, certain people will be happy, but we shall see, but... It has a potential to go either way, actually. It could put Luke on the map more if the if the design's really good and you know there is something new about it. 
then it could put Luke on the map and he could get brownie points and everything's good. Or other clubs will just see it and say, well, it's not Nike or Adidas or any of the traditional uh, names like uh, Umbro or whatever, and then just make out with small time if we stay in the championship. Pitch awards. Funny enough, Villa, hmm. Villa didn't win it. For, uh, we won it last year. Did we have a chance of defending it? No, uh, because uh, we should have been ripping up that pitch and relaying it, as we've discussed before. Is this the 11-year-old pitch that Dr Tony overall Keith Wine us on? Yeah, but... Uh, ah, that one, OK. Shh, you're not going to say that out loud. I know. Oh, okay, uh, so. Winners of the championship pitch this season, luckily, is Middlesbrough, because yes. Villa will be bringing their trademark liquid football up to the Riverside yeah, yeah, on yeah. Saturday, so uh, <laughs> we'll be taking advantage of that carpet-like surface and bedazzling Oof. them, and probably walking away 3-4-0 winners, probably. At least. At least. So thank you to the Middlesbrough groundsmen for setting up our victorious visit. Uh, Back to our trench on Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, we'll need to get a few goals head start at the Riverside for when we bring them back to uh, the mud. Keep losing the ball down the divots. <laughs> the B6 mud. <laughs> Other pitches highly commended were Fulham and Nottingham Forest. Actually, for- Forest mm. pitch is always uh, quite nice. Well, half of it doesn't get used because they don't attack. So uh, I-, I noticed Jurgen Klopp complaining about the Baggies pitch. And is that a coincidence that they've also got a Chinese owner maybe scrimping on the pitch? Surely not. I mean, you're <laughs> suggesting that all the money's gone. I mean, uh, 40 million... Uh, well, yeah, some some uh, some fans are saying that the baggies will be in the... Ch- if we don't go up, the baggies will be down and they'll have a lot, hell of a lot more money than us. Uh, <clears throat> maybe not. <laughs> right, let's get back uh, onto the business. Well, let's get onto the business and... Uh, yes. Oh, I'm excited. I'm so excited. The Villaborough Mark II. Uh, Villaborough obviously was the nickname for Middlesbrough back in the 90s where they signed uh, Hugo Eguiard, Gareth Southgate, George Boateng. Anybody else? Andy Townsend. Yeah, Andy Townsend. Forgot about that. They, they almost got a five-a-side team out of us. Luke Moore. He, he scored a hat-trick against them, didn't he? Mm. This time round, they have Rudy Gestead, who is injured or hasn't really played uh, much part in their renaissance, but... Uh, as well as Stuart Downing. 76 years old. 76 years old, Stuart Downing. They have, uh, who else? Oh, Brad Guzan, but they got rid of him straight away. Oh. I was very confident about this <laughs> Middlesbrough game until I saw that tweet. I don't know if you've seen, uh, I retweeted yes, I it. Uh, where, where the <laughs> Revenge, they won. Middlesbrough fan said, right, it's payback time to Villa for Brad Guzan. <laughs> <laughs> and you thought, oh shit! That, if that's gonna, if if anything's gonna motivate you, <laughs> it's that. It's that. He's right, mint. He is. I remember He's that old too. woman. That, that's yeah. the one. That's the one. He's mint. He is. He's mint. Brad Guzan. That's him. That's the one. I think he's the best goalie for him. What What makes you think he's the best? Because I watched him, and he's mint, man. Uh. Middlesbrough. Yep. Middlesbrough had their end of season awards when you're meant to have them uh, at the end of the regular <laughs> season. Uh, not like Villa, who had it after Ipswich. I don't get it. Why do they have it so early? It's because they all fly away on the day after the game. It's after the final game. Yeah, but uh, so they want to get it in. But they we? should know we, we weren't looking good for automatic promotion. So uh, we weren't presuming at the beginning of the season when presumably we we saw it all said that we'd be promoted by now. Were we? Surely. Yeah. But yeah, it's sure not. 
I mean, they've cancelled them the last uh, few years or a few <laughs> a, a few times in recent memory. <laughs> Maybe there's only so many years you can defer. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're really going to have to come this year, guys. Uh, I mean, ever since the <laughs> like Stephen Island is like player of the season and stuff. I understand that if it's at the end of, say, the last home game, mm. you know, which would have been Derby. Anyway, let's let's not bang bang on about. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. In, in Middlesbrough's <laughs> end of season awards, Adoma Traore won every one that he could have. He won the Young Player of the Year, he won Players Player of the Year and he won Supporters Player of the Year. And mm. a lot of Villa fans still dismiss him as a headless chicken. And you think, oh, hang on a minute. If he's won all those awards, then that shows you that the players are rating him. Their fans are rating him. And uh, Pulis, Pulis mm. seems to have done uh, done some good work where others have failed and others dismissed him uh, straight off the bat. He has come on a lot, a lot in the last nine months, hasn't he? I've been watching footage of him. You do see him look up a lot now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a concern. Well, it's proven by... Proven by the fact that he's got ten assists this season and fourteen man of the match performances, and he's chipped in five goals. Five goals. And this is this oh. is like pretty much the second half of the season. Pulis, remember his first game was against Villa, uh, which was yeah. what was that the last day of December or the thirtieth yeah, of yeah, December? Yeah, yeah. So he's uh, he's somebody. I mean, how do you how do you cater for him? I, I mentioned in the, the last podcast with Chris Budd that I would consider for the away leg sacrificing Hurahan and obviously DM you're obviously playing Whelan uh, or Yedinak mm. and I would be tempted mm. to put Bjarnason in instead of as a chaser as a chaser because he plays on the left hand side like naturally and obviously that's where mm. Troy is coming from so you've got him mm. as a second DM on the left hand side more yeah and obviously yeah. he can you know break a bit more as well but he's there to basically snuff out as soon as Troy gets uh, gets into the final third he goes to meet him I think that's a good shout and um I mean this is, I suppose the crazy thing about Traore is we sort of we had a, we had glimpses of the of the talent that he has and you know the stats for the second half of the season speak for themselves I still think he's got a rawness he's he's picked up a, a, a couple of red cards as well yeah. this term one infamously against so, us. I don't think the, 
Yeah, so that discipline's not there yet, I don't think. And those are sort those are the dark arts I think that you want to be playing on on players like Adama Traore over over ninety yeah. minutes. That I'm, I'm you know I'm not I'm not saying being unsporting, but I think he could be drawn into things that he's that he could he could steer clear of, and that that's what you want to because, do. Because I mean, going back to uh, how do you play against him? The left hand side, I mean. Yeah. They got caught out against Fulham uh, when we played them. But if you've got Hudson playing on the le- as left back, it's not his natural side. It kind of works no. if you're playing against a player who's going to be cutting in. But he's, I mean, he's not necessarily yep. cutting in uh, Truray. And also on the left side of the centre back partnership, you've got a 37 year old John Terry. And talking about playing against, you know, one of the fastest and uh, most powerful. Uh, players you'll find in the championship for sure if not in the Premier League so that's why yeah, I think the, the way that Traore the way that Traore breaks as well he does naturally go for you know he tries to get through the centre midfield as quickly as possible and he's got those you know those long striding runs hasn't he I think Terry's Terry was exposed badly in, in the latter part of his Premier League career for lack of pace and I think that that's where you might want to be you know you're, the example given that you need your DMs to be either intercepting him or hoping he runs into to either a combination of Yedinak or when we picked up that uh, Conor Hurahan's con despite him, you know, he's obviously in double figures in yeah. terms of goals, has gone missing a few times in recent games. So uh, yeah. I can yeah. see potentially a sacrifice there. And obviously you've got him as an impact player off the bench if uh, things are going wrong in the first leg. And then obviously in the second leg, take a view, bit more uh, attack-minded yeah. uh, unless we've uh, done a job up there. And obviously, you know, play the first 11, which would include uh, Hurahan. Negaton alert! Alan Hutton marking Adama Traore! Cancel Wembley Hotel Reservations! Cancel Wembley Hotel Reservations! Well, I don't want to linger too much on Traore. Mm. The only thing about him, uh, I will say, is when you saw him with your own eyes, you thought, yep. I want to watch this. We were in, I mean, look at the season we were watching him. We were yep. getting slapped about everywhere, we weren't picking up any points, we weren't getting any joy. <laughs> And yes, he had an injury, you know, a couple of injuries here and there, so he was out. But at the end of the season, he was sitting on the bench doing nothing. We were there with, what, 17 points in the end. And he, Mm. you know, you're turning up hoping at least he was playing just uh, for the novelty value of watching him take on a whole team. Well, he would get people off their seats, wouldn't he? Uh, There's no doubt about it. And I think that we, I mean, I think the conclusion we came to at the time, and we have to wind the clock back two or three years now, he was incredibly raw, but there was talent there. And very exciting direct talent as well with incredible pace. And I know, I know it's one it's one example in, uh, for a pretty dim period, really. But that, that run and cross for Palace Hill. Against Sunderland. Another player reportedly returning to Villa Park, actually, against Sunderland. That was a superb run and yeah, goal. In the Cup, I think he came scored. on, uh, was it against Notts County, where he, I think he, he came on as a mm. sub and then just uh, charged down the line, beat a few men and then whipped it in. And then obviously it was an own goal. Yeah, I think he picked up an injury in that in that game too. Where I think that's how teams unfortunately target players like Traore as well, because though though he was he's a bit of a bull, wasn't he? he was yeah, quite a squat yeah. player. I was used to thinking. I used to be impressed by how much pace he would have despite that. But he was often, you know, teams just take a view of just doing these. But players at the at the same time, you are focusing the team on him, and they they're having to make plans, yeah. and that obviously frees up your other side and uh, other players, and and creates Absolutely. space if they're starting to commit an extra player to tackle him. I mean, in terms of formation, Middlesbrough have been... On paper, it looks like a 4-3-3, but obviously you've got your wide men, Truray and uh, Downing. I mean, yeah. Pulis, when you defend, you defend as a team, and when you attack, you attack as a team. So it's uh, it's obviously turning a bit like Lambert used to do, going 4-5-1. And they do play on the counter. I mean, they yeah. are set up to play on the counter. 
I was about to say that. I mean, they've got great pace, haven't they, coming out in, in Traore and a, a good a good interchanging partnership of a very of two good goal scorers in Asombolonga and, and Bamford and the ability to switch them up. That that's a good setup over two legs to be honest because it does give them an option. Because their midfield, I mean Clayton, Houston, uh, Bessica, mm. I mean they're decent yeah. decent on the ball in you know, in terms of passing or whatever. So they they can uh, control a game. Yeah, Houston has got bags of experience at this level, yeah. I think that they've got balance, haven't they? They've experience. I mean, down obvious example is Downing's got lots of experience, hometown club. Has he still got it at this level? I have to say, I've seen him a couple of times this season. I've not been massively impressed. But he, he played well in the closed season, yeah. um, by all accounts. Uh, and there's also the factor, I suppose, of returning to face against Villa as well. Where, you know, I don't think there was any great love loss with Downing personally amongst the fans because. He joined, he was injured, he was rehabilitated, and at the first opportunity... He yeah, I mean, put it this way, he's going to get booed every time he gets the ball, as he did in uh, the previous games, <laughs> and so will uh, Traore. Yeah. Uh, Bamford uh, is starting to get amongst the goals again. Uh, Bamford, I mean, obviously yeah. had that great... And, it, you know, it seems like it was last season, but it's uh, it's a few seasons now. Is it 2014, 2015 yeah. with Middlesbrough, where uh, yeah. he scored yeah. more goals than he did this season? I think he Almost one in two. 17 goals in all comps. I mean, he's tried his luck in the Premier League, but he's still young. He's 24, but for Palace and Norwich and last season at Burnley, he didn't really... Uh... He's made some poor choices. He, he was making some poor career loan moves, didn't he? And I think he, he tried to bounce off that great season at Middlesbrough at Palace and just found himself on the periphery, didn't play. Same with Norwich, and I believe with Norwich, he switched mid-season to Burnley yeah. to get some game time. I, th- I think he he played over three seasons what he played in one, hadn't he? And that's obviously forced the, the permanent move to yeah. Middlesbrough. So I like him. I think he's a really good footballer, and he's he's one of these players that was muted for us. But you, you actually wonder whether we we had any intention or really committed as a club to go and get him. And Middlesbrough picked him up. And uh, twenty four. I mean, his best years are ahead of him. I would say as well. He hasn't started in the first eleven uh, in the last couple of games, uh, so it'll be interesting to see if. I mean, I think to be honest, Pulis will stick with how they set up against Millwall, for example, and yeah. Derby because these are Derby was away, Millwall's at home. They, they're the two games that would replicate this playoff scenario because obviously they're two teams that were battling out for a place in the uh, the playoffs. Yeah, defense pretty good, decent goalkeeper. Probably up there with Johnson in terms of, you know, Randolph probably with Ruddy and Johnson are probably the top three keepers in the league. Solid goalkeeper as well, isn't he? I mean, this parking the Blues connection for one minute. He's a a solid ever-present and he pulled off two fantastic saves in their last game. I caught on the highlights, so yeah, decent shot stopper. Well, we've played him three times this season. We've only scored one goal, and we played uh, eighty-six mm. minutes at Villa Park, and they were down to ten men, and we didn't, and we failed to score. So, uh, I mean, that tells you a lot about their defence and uh, their keeper, uh, and that's in the part of the season when they hadn't really clicked into gear, and that was uh, before Pulis. Uh, came to town we always talk about this obsession with uh, Villa when he was at the baggies <laughs> the last time Pulis had a chance to kick Villa in the gonads was uh, the double date yeah. at Villa Park for West Brom obviously in the FA Cup and when we were uh, floundering around the bottom they obviously had a chance to beat if they, mm. I think if they beat us at Villa Park in that league game we would have probably gone down yeah I agree yeah, that was a great you could week, say they were the favourites because they were doing alright I mean I can't remember but they weren't they weren't in the relegation battle well we were in the, at that yeah. point in time we were in the lurch where we essentially had to win every game so he bottled it that time so. and I mean Aston Villa don't want to be in the championship three seasons on the trot I mean do you think Dr Tony signed up for that when he bought the club 
I don't think so. There's going to be a bit of introspection uh, if we don't go up. So, But Pulis has got a great <laughs> chance here to stick it to us. Pulis has got a, gr- a really good chance. And I have to say, I mean, I, I thought Middlesbrough were badly underperforming earlier in the season anyway. And I'm, I know there was some question marks around them opting to chop the manager. Pulis, to his credit, has got an OK Middlesbrough team playing very well. I think they've gone from being underachieving to, I think, con- considering yeah. where they managed to scrape in. I think they, they've maybe... Sl- you know, they've overperformed in the latter part of the season with Pulis. Over two legs, though, you look at our previous two games against them and, and you you know, you, it has to be the, you know, discounting the last Villa game against Millwall, but we have to go at a team like this because I think their their weakest parts are, for my view, I, I think it is their defensive midfield defence. I think we've just got to, we've got to take a game to a team. It's got to be the right Aston Villa that turns up and be, be game. Saying behind. that, they are set up to counter-attack. That's how... Uh... That's how they do this football lark. So it is kind of playing mm-hmm. into their uh, hands a little bit. But I think we've got a team that if, you know, you just got to play to your strengths and beat the team. If they haven't got the ball, they can't yeah. counterattack. Yeah. The problem is we do give it away a bit cheaply at times. We do at times. In, in terms of my broader thinking about the game is that it's set up the way we would want it in that we go to the Riverside first. You know, a very conservative outlook would be is that go there and don't lose. I th- I think we should go there and give them a game, and I think that we've got enough, especially having rested a number of players. Our injury situation's good. I do think a number of the senior players get it. I think Bruce gets it. And coming back to Villa Park on Tuesday, at the very least, not having lost at the Riverside. Yeah, but I don't I think, think Bruce will go hell for leather. I don't think so. We we don't we don't need to do anything stupid. I think the game at the Riverside could be a war of attrition because I think that. Middlesbrough would reasonably want to exploit that Traore, Asambalonga, or combination of Bamford and Asambalonga, uh, and try and, you know, our obvious weaknesses are, you know, obviously the, the full-backs, in my view, to, to a greater or lesser degree. Pace against Terry, but, you know, you can counter that with experience and obviously the support of, of Chester. But those last 20 minutes, we do have a knack of getting that, you know, the odd goal here and there. Discipline will be key for us, and I think... Not doing anything stupid, which we do have the capacity to do, and like you say, gifting possession away is a, is, a, is an annoying one. But getting back getting back to to Villa Park on Tuesday night and turning the tables a little bit in front of a, what stands to be a full house, I think that would be an interesting, a, a different um, a different experience to to what the Riverside might be at the weekend. Their away form is nothing to shout about. They've won the same amount of games they've lost. It's eight, seven, eight, eight wins seven draws, eight losses. While you can't read too much into that, you can read that, I mean, you look at somebody like Fulham or even like Millwall in the latter stages, you know, Mm. their away records were very impressive and obviously they're set up and they can play away well. Mm. Villa's home form is only Wolves and Cardiff were better, so that gives you the suggestion that we can, you know, finish the deal at Villa Park as long as uh, we don't mess up the away leg. Yeah, and you know, as we spoke about in the last podcast, Villa have generally performed when uh, it's a full house. The Blues and the the Wolves game, obviously, being the the most prominent examples, and they need that intensity, and they need to control the game like they did then. The the team, the players need to step up, and I, and I think we we spoke a couple of podcasts ago about how we as fans we have a we have a big part to play in in that too. That we can't be passive to this. We have to be. There's forty thousand of us there. We yeah. have to make it known that that we're there and that we're. You know, I'm not going to be coining any twelfth man type stuff here, but the atmosphere at times at Villa Park this season, yeah. quite randomly as well, has been flat. And this has the capacity to to put us to springboard us to Wembley and to the possibility of our 
you know the the yeah we we're into we're into cliche time, but two hundred and seventy minutes from Premier League football, you know that's the fact of the matter, really. That if we can, as, as Winston Churchill says, deserve victory. <laughs> yeah. So you you two can help get Adama Traore sent off. Just wind him up. Well, we have if done we, that if before. We all pull together. <laughs> if we've done it once. We'll do it again. Right again. <laughs> but yeah, just wind him up. He's only twenty two. He, he he won't know what's hit him. The Villa dog. I mean, let's look at the playoffs uh, as a whole. Yeah. I think it's there's no weak teams in there. I think Derby are now kind of rising to the occasion. When you look at uh, the season they've had, I mean, they've spent 44 days in second position mm. and no other team apart from uh, Wolves and Cardiff have been regularly in second or first, you know, for longer. So they had that spell. Mm. And I think they're, they've got... I mean, when they when they played us, you know, I was like, oh, shit, they, actually, they've got a decent team. They've got some decent players there. I mean, Curtis Davis had a good game Pub against player. Villa. Uh, Pub player. But, you know, he, he can step up and still do a job. Derby Feynman, are an industrious team, aren't they? Us. Yeah, the, the only thing playing against Fulham... I mean, I, I think they can beat Fulham, by the way. Mm. The mm. only thing they've got, like, Johnson, Ledley, Huddleston in midfield. I mean, that... that one thing that Fulham's midfield has got is is speed and uh, energy. So have Derby, you know, their legs a bit old there, and they, you know potentially they could struggle against Fulham. They, they could. I think each team's got their their strengths and their weakness, haven't they? You know, I mean, the, the way I look at it is that that with the Villa, we've we've got quality, but I think we're you know our average age is quite high, and that we. I mean, I've said before, I don't think we necessarily have a clear style of play. Yeah, that's the problem. I think Fulham, I. I I cannot believe Fulham haven't managed to get themselves promoted. <laughs> they were on that amazing run of wins and, and strong form, weren't they? And then they they had that stutter. It culminated with them losing against Blues and, and Cardiff, pipping them to second with, with the draw against Reading. As you just said, they got lots of pace across the team. They moved the ball well and very, you know, what I would consider to be a very good continental style of play. Derby, a, 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 a rowet personified, really dogged. You know, they've got lots of experience as well. Uh, where where I think that they could struggle in the playoffs is that their inconsistency since they were at the top of the league in second. You know, I think they've struggled where they might win a couple of games. But it, yeah, but it but it that doesn't really matter when you get into the playoffs. I mean, I think the main thing is can they cope with Fulham's you know stealth and speed because down both flanks Fulham electrocuted uh, Villa in both both mm. the uh, both of the Craven Cottage games over the last couple of seasons and the thing is that that team has been together Jankovic's team yeah. I mean they fluffed their lines in the playoffs last season against Reading when they were big big favorites to beat yeah. them in the semis <sighs> And I think that there's a bit of that Birmingham's result would have put a seed of doubt in their mind. They weren't that impressive against Brentford. They struggled against mm. Sunderland, uh, who obviously were uh, bottom of the table. Although you know Sunderland suddenly sprang to life and spanked Wolves uh, on the on the last day. Mm. Although you know Wolves didn't give a shit about that. I don't think. If I was neutral, and you gave me ten pounds, and it's, here's the odds. I think at the moment it's Fulham favourites, then it's Villa, then Middlesbrough, then it's Derby outsiders. I would put that tenor on on Middlesbrough from the point of view that I think they're like four four to one, five to one. So it's good value. They were in the Premier League mm. last season. They're the only team out of these four that were in the Premier League uh, last season. And when I mention that, it's just they have you know they have the players. I mean we've discussed them. That they're no, uh, and now they're organised, and obviously Pulis is organised, and Pulis has only obviously had half a season, so they're not completely like the Pulis team. But when Villa went second uh, after they beat the Blues, this is like around Valentine's Day, so mid mid uh, February, Borough's form over the next fourteen fifteen games has been better than Villa by four or five points. 
So if you're just looking at uh, the last couple of last three months of the season, I mean, Fulham are obviously the the hottest team, and then it would be Borough, then Villa, then Derby. So I think if we can get through mm. Borough, that, that to me that's the hardest that's the hardest uh, task ahead. Beating Fulham, you know, playing anybody at Wembley, one-off game. I think we'll have a fan, you know, our fans against Fulham fans fancy that no problem. Fulham, the family club, yeah. our away fans, you know, pretty notorious for this league. Going to be wild, and say, we've got yeah. big, big-time players. So it'll be the youth and exuberance of Fulham, you know, versus a lot of our players who have kind of been there, done that, and some of them uh, need to still prove themselves because you know Snodgrass, you know, mm. hasn't got that many trophies in his cabinet, has he? Or medals? No, I, I think that's the one thing as well. We that's another thing, sorry, that we bring to the table. And there's a, there's other sides to it, not just snodgrass of course i think i do think terry genuinely wants to have something to say that he's achieved yeah. this season and though i think holding the championship trophy aloft would have been his preference that he, he he lives for those sort of occasions being on being on the tv and on that weekend it's a you know it's it's the main spectacle isn't it so you know it'll be full kit wanker whether he's on the yeah. pitch or not <laughs> if, if he could get but us it's a, a, i mean it's um, the weird one for me you know i'm not to, i'll be honest i'm not that excited about these playoffs for me it's more about it's about getting promotion mm. and that's not that's more relief than anything it's like the nightmare is over kind of thing i mean if we lost in the playoffs against middlesbrough or in the final against either fulham or derby it will, it will feel like being relegated again I, I wasn't going to bring it up i've thought about it a couple of times as we've been talking shall i mention the what if i'm reluctant to because it would f- I think that the the autopsy or the dissection of of our season that would follow would be would be very tricky. I don't even want to talk about the impact in terms of financial fair play and the impact of lo- loss of loss of pride, payments. loss of pride. I, I I mean, for all we've said about Borough, and I do agree that they're the dark horses. I'd be I'd be really disappointed if we couldn't beat them over two legs. And with the greatest respect to Borough, I think that they're they're in transition with Pulis. They're in yeah. the right direction, but Bruce has had two years to get this team together and in some shape. And as you've said, we're we're in the best shape and we're in the best position. We've invested the most. We've invested not the most this season necessarily, but the cleverest over eighteen months. I think in terms of improving our team. And I look at Fulham. Bit of arrogance about me, and I just think that, if, like you say, if we got to Wembley, I think that we shouldn't we have enough just to just to roll through as a massive club. <laughs> we're a big club. We're coming through. We're coming just through, roll motherfuckers. Yeah, you. <laughs> we're coming through, Fulham, with your fucking neutral stand. Give it a rest. And Derby, Derby are uh, they're just not Premier the League. Derby for me. game as the second half of Villa Park was it turned into an open game and it turned into a firefight and if it, it mm. turns into like a firefight at Wembley I think we'll take them out no, no doubt about that yeah. uh, I think they can beat us but I think we, we, we would do them Fulham the first half at Craven Cottage when we didn't have Grealish we didn't have a Domar and it was, we were essentially relying on mm. uh, Bjarnason uh, who was still mad after being dropped against Wolves to kind of lead the charge, and he kind of did. And for the first you know, the first half, we were kind of in that game without having to do anything, you know, particularly good. And you know, let's not forget if Johnston mm. didn't fluff his lines for that second goal, it would have been, you know, it would have still been one nil. But if, yeah. you know, Fulham deserved winners, but we didn't have a couple of our main men, and we were kind of in that game in the first half. And if we, you know, if we had a full team. There's nothing to be scared of, really. If, well, if, we mustn't be scared because this is this is what it's all about, yeah. isn't it? That you know, uh, this is this is that. I mean, we find ourselves where we are because 
I don't want to be disrespectful for Fulham, but it's not as if we're going into a, a Wembley final against Liverpool, no. Manchester no, United, no, no. or Chelsea. And I think that I mean I didn't make the point as, as subtly as you did, perhaps. <laughs> but that that's kind of what I have in the back of my mind that we're not, you know, we're not going to be. Obviously, fingers crossed, we get through the, the Middlesbrough game because I think that would be painful. But you know, when we're walking on, out onto the the terrace at Wembley, that you know, you're not looking back at you know. I think just in in recent years, you know. It's not Sanchez lining up against us for Arsenal. It's not Drogba yeah, for Chelsea. Lampard. It's not Lampard. It's not and uh, Vidic. You know, I, I think that we, <laughs> Vidic and what was that fucking man, life referee's name? Phil Dowd. I've still got him in my uh, vo- my drawer of voodoo dolls and samba mambas. I beat him every evening to death with the tip of it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Memories. So at the, I just remembered at the start of the season, you predicted Villa would finish. I think was it fourth, fifth. I was, I was saying that yeah, well, maybe second, but probably third. So we'll we'll yeah. give you that one. Yes, give you. You're going to bring Cardiff. Hey, on there, <laughs> <laughs> do you want the good news or the bad news? <laughs> well, the good news is that in between, in between, in between concerned DMs from people saying, I "Hope you're all right. I hope everything's okay." Is interspersed with Cardiff fans saying, you fucking wanker, have some of that, you prick. Um, hello, Cardiff. I'd just like to congratulate you on your promotion, which I didn't predict. So so you got your villa. You got your villa spot on. To the T. To the T. And uh, Cardiff. Yeah. I can't believe they've got promoted. I mean, let's just be honest. Come on. In the Christmas period, they lost four games on the trot. And I thought, well, there you go. The Dan Rogers prophecy... Curse. has finally come true a bit later than we expected because we're, we're expecting them to drop off i don't know november or whatever I but then they uh he, they rallied the uh the coaches yep. and made the circle and just fought off the indians and uh marched on even you know even let Grealish score a goal uh at villa park against them and still uh, managed to uh, are they not going to be the worst premier league team in history is that is it just well, me? All, I mean, all the teams that got promoted last season stayed up, and you would Huddersfield. Huddersfield, I thought, better team than Cardiff. I Brighton, so. yeah, much yeah. better. Newcastle last season, much better. Yeah, and yeah, that. But yeah. what does that tell us uh, when it comes to the analysis of has Bruce been a success? Unfortunately, uh, the fact that Neil Warnock took the job in the same week as Bruce started at Villa on far mm. less resources and has managed to uh, mould an outfit out of uh, Cardiff that includes Joe Bennett. Uh, oh, fuck. <laughs> Jesus. And got them automatic oh. promotion. Uh, I mean, it's, it says everything of, of what... Oh, that's the championship. Well, that's the championship, Mr. Bruce. If Warnock can do that, then, uh, you know, what's what's happening? I mean, if Fulham went up, Fulham would you remind you more of how kind of Brighton mm-hmm. were playing. Mm-hmm. Huddersfield were a bit more hustle and bustle, but let's not forget, Huddersfield managed to get promoted through the playoffs without actually scoring a goal in the playoffs which yeah, yeah. maybe that's something that Bruce might try to replicate <laughs> or or Tony Pulis maybe I don't know mm. so predictions for the playoffs what's going to happen 1-1 one, one at the Riverside 2-0 at Villa Park Fulham Derby but to who <laughs> <laughs> uh, Fulham Derby I think I think Fulham will beat Derby over two legs. And then in the final? What do you think? Uh, what do I think? Um, mm. I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to... This is a Villa podcast, is it? Mm, it, okay. it is. Uh, it. Yeah, well... Uh, <laughs> Amazing. Hold on a minute. I'm just on my, my betting app here. Yeah, yeah. 50 quid on Borough <laughs> at uh, five to one. 
<laughs> managed to get five to one on Burton. That's pretty good. Mm. No, uh, there's there's two scenarios that keep going around in my head. One is low scoring, mm. like one nil to Middlesbrough and then nil nil at Villa Park. Oh, sorry, it's a Villa Ooh. podcast. Uh, n- n- yeah, nil Villa nil podcast. at the Nil nil at the riverside and then one nil I at the park. Spontaneously combusted then at the, at the thought. <laughs> but I think, but the other thought is this game, despite what we're, you know, what the perception is, uh, the initial perception of Bruce versus Pulis, you're thinking, oh God, that's going to be excited. This game could combust. I mean, there's there's some players. I think the second leg I think has the, the Villa potential Park game to. could go a bit wild. Yeah, Just, I think so. If Villa get through get through this uh, the semi-final I think there's the interesting comparison is Mitrovic of Fulham versus Graban of mm. uh, Villa because I've been trying to think about what is the weakness of Graban why hasn't he made a name for himself because he looks like a bit of a Rolls Royce of a player he kind of glides around he's got great technique knows where the goal is and um, the he only does, yeah. thing that I've suggested might be missing is a bit of fire in his belly, which Mitrovic has in spades because he's a madman. I mean, he used to spend mm. spend most of the time <laughs> getting sent sent off at uh, Newcastle, but he's he's managed to uh, quell himself, you know, to the extent of staying on the pitch, and he's you know, he scored for fun for Fulham, and he's he's yeah, part he's of the reason why they're there. Him. So that's I mean, Terry versus him, that's that would be interesting. Well, yeah, so I think. For Villa to triumph, to answer the first question about the Middlesbrough game and to to win the final, I think Graban has to step up. I'm, I mean, I'm not criticising him because I think he's done pretty well so far, but he, he, he'll he be the difference. A lot rests on him, actually, but more more than you can realise. Yeah. yeah and, you point, know, people talk about Grealish, blah, blah, yeah. blah, but I think at the end, you know, when it boils down to it, I think Graban will be the man. If he turns up and he's got the fire in his belly, the grip between his teeth, then... Uh, he will lead us to the promised land and then join uh, West Brom on loan next <laughs> season. <laughs> to keep this show going and uh, to pay for Dan Rogers to upgrade his WhatsApp capabilities, it would be great to uh, get some more patrons. I mean, probably need double the patrons, really, to car- carry on going on next season. Go to the com website and uh, click on Patron and please do join up whatever the amounts a month even if it's just like a a dollar or a pound or whatever it all helps uh big time so thanks for that if we lose to middlesbrough we're going to buy a season ticket <coughs> at burnley and follow their great european adventure because i'm sure their shirt designer is going to do a better <laughs> claret and blue than this luke chap <laughs> We just wear our we just wear our luke ones to the to the burnley games and see if anyone notices because you know it's be Right, that's it. Before our glorious march to Wembley, we must draw things to a close. And please, ladies and gentlemen, no encroachment on the pitch. If we win against Middlesbrough over two legs, it's only a bloody playoff semi-final. I know you've never experienced a playoff before, but it's what the lower classes normally involve themselves in. But, but, but caveat... You may run on the pitch if you're that man who had the rubber dildo <laughs> suctioned cupped to his bald head. Please do run on the pitch for my amusement. Do you know what his excuse was for that? His excuse? He mitigated that in court, did he? No, okay, no, no. On. You know, obviously he, he he went a bit viral on social media and everybody was... <laughs> obviously it was a red rag to uh, the Blues and Baggies fans or whatever. But he said... And, yeah. you know, I, I was one of these people responsible t- for rallying the troops to bring balloons and flags and all that kind of stuff to have a party atmosphere. 
Uh, so mm. he said, well, people talked about let's have a party. <laughs> so I thought, let's have an Ann Summers party. <laughs> <laughs> and he thought, now, this guy's either A, mm. quite funny in a kind of a surreal way, <laughs> or B, just talking literally with no humour in it whatsoever. I would love <laughs> so, to have been in the, I, said, I, I mean, assuming you went to a shop and how, how may we help you today, sir? Special occasion? Well, I'm planning on invading the pitch at Villa Park. Ah, sir, just the thing for you. The Ultra Vibe 2000. Have got a Clara dildo? <laughs> no, purple, will that do? Yeah, close enough. Oh, sorry, Stefan Postma's just been in and bought the last one. <laughs> yeah, allegedly. allegedly. Right, until... Uh, Our glorious victory at Villa Park. Until we're crying as we wait to get higher up in the queue online to uh, purchase Wembley <laughs> tickets, we will uh, <laughs> bid you adieu. Adieu. Until next time, goodbye from me, and it's goodbye from him. Goodbye. Order, order. The right honourable gentleman representing the rotten borough of Aston, Mr. Gabriel Agbonahor. When I stood before the host end 13 years ago, I asked the club to fix this afternoon as the occasion for the statement. My time here draws to a close. The might of my empire, so highly regarded, once so promising, can no longer be depended upon. It's my unfortunate duty to report that my career was curtailed, partly through my own misadventure, partly through the merciless, relentless, and indeed overpowering advances of our enemies from all sides. You shall need no reminder, sir. Milner, Young, Downing, Christian Benteke, and who can forget? Admiral Gareth Barry, who lost in a ceaseless barrage from those whom wished to stake their claim to rule the world. Indeed, we are also victims of treachery from Fabian Delph. Further, we were subjected to crass incompetency through Tonev, Westward, McCoon, Bradley, et al. Mr. Speaker, my blistering pace, once unopposed, has faded. The ability to strike with precision and free will at the heart of defences has long since been nullified. It's therefore my duty to report to you that whilst great promise lay at my disposal, hindsight affords me to reconsider that my career will be recalled as one of unfulfilled promise. But, sir, amongst the darkness there remains light. Though recent decline should not be overlooked, nor should valiant victories or marked improvements be readily dismissed. Captain Terry, highly decorated and experienced in the field, does much to restore the faith in a battalion scarred with memories of Lescott, Richards, Senderoff, Baker and Vlaar. The future, whilst far from secure, must surely be brighter, at the very least, 
we have intent on our side. And so it is, sir, the Derby days will forever be etched in immovable history. Birmingham City, a realisation of Tolkien's Mordor, remains a conquered, beleaguered enemy, for whom I have repeatedly and dutifully put to the sword. For this, Mr. Speaker, I am perhaps best to be remembered. What we must not do is look backwards into an ignominious and starving captivity confined to the championship. Our destiny lies upwards, where hopefully we belong. But alas, it will be without me. My old man said Negatron alert! Albert Adoma has failed to score in ten games! Do swap deal with Borough for Rudiger Stead! Swap for Rudiger Stead! Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.